Welcome everyone to The Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. Thank you as always for spending some time with us today. We're going to try to keep this episode tight. We'll go over all the key injuries from Sunday, including Cooper Cup going down. And then we're going to talk through the best waiver wire pickups heading into week 11. And fortunately, this is a very good week for the waiver wire, at least at the key position. So running back, receiver, the important ones. It's been a little thin there some weeks recently. Definitely have some names that I'm excited to discuss today. So let's get right into things. Let's start with the injury roundup. And I already said his name, Cooper. Cooper Cup, he went down with an ankle injury. It could be really serious here. He had to be helped off the field. Now we're waiting on the MRI results today. I haven't seen anything come out yet, so no updates. A high ankle sprain is definitely possible here, and if that's the case, Cup could be out for several weeks. We know how those go, and they can linger after the fact, too, when you're talking about skill position players. So you start to wonder, you know, the three and six Rams, they've lost three games in a row here. Matthew Stafford sat out with a concussion this week. The offensive line is a mess. The backfield can't get anything going. Do they just decide to shut Cup down for the year? Do they let him heal? Probably not, but that's definitely within his range of outcomes. So we'll wait on the MRI results. And we could look at Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson and even tight end Tyler Higby as guys who could see their value increase while Cup's out. But this offense just hasn't been good. And I'll tell you the truth, I'm not really interested in starting any of these guys in my fantasy lineup. They're just flex options or streamer types at best for fantasy. Another wideout who went down with an ankle injury on Sunday. Doesn't sound like this one is nearly as serious, though. Jerry Judy on the Broncos. He left pretty early in the game. The initial fears were that it could be a possible ACL tear just the way it looked and the reports that they were looking at the back of the ankle and the foot area, but it seems like he dodged a really serious situation here. Ian Rappaport said that after the MRI came back, the belief is that it's just a mild ankle injury. His status for week 11, they're saying it's not even determined yet. So I would expect that he's going to be out for a week, but at least it isn't a season ending injury. Like that's what we thought it could be when it first happened. So that's good news. If he does miss any time, Cortland Sutton, he's a wide receiver three, but you just wonder, does he have that much upside the way this offense is going right now? Tight end Greg Dulcich, quieter game this week. He's still in the low end tight end one mix though, and it gets kind of gross behind them. KJ Hamler, he's dealing with a hamstring issue. He wasn't able to play this week. Kendall Hinton, he would be the next man up. He played the most snaps any Broncos receiver on Sunday, according to PFF, but Hinton, Tyree Cleveland, Jalen Virgil, None of them would be confident fantasy plays, just given the state of that offense and how bad Russell Wilson is playing at the moment. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's in concussion protocol after taking a big helmet-to-helmet shot over the middle of the field in the first half. Really scary stuff. He had his arms just hanging out there when he was laying on the ground. We've seen that sight far too many times this season, just so many head injuries. Juju, he was able to get off the field eventually, had a little help from teammates and from trainers, and not surprisingly, taken to the locker room ruled out for the rest of the game. And the Chiefs were already without Miko Hardman in that one. He was inactive due to an abdominal injury. So those guys, if they aren't able to play in week 11, and with Juju, I mean, you would have to think that he's going to sit out at least one game. Hardman should have a shot to return, but wasn't able to practice last week. So don't know where he really stands at the moment. But basically, Kadarius Tony, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, and if he plays Miko Hardman, they would all be in the wide receiver three flex mix. Tony had 90 yards and a touchdown in this game, despite only still playing limited snaps, but his role definitely could grow here with Juju out. MVS, 
he's still that boomer bust type play for fantasy. Kind of always is going to be that, I think. And Hardman, we're going to have to monitor to see where he's at because not being able to practice last week, like I said, it just makes you worried that maybe he's not close to coming back yet, but hopefully he'll be able to get out there this week and be able to play. And then Justin Watson, Sky Moore, they're long shots to return any fantasy value. So I don't really think you need to worry about them in redraft unless we see more injuries hit that depth chart. A couple more notes here for injuries. Leonard Fournette, he suffered a hit pointer during the Bucks win over the Seahawks in Germany, and he wasn't able to continue in that game. It's bad news for Fournette because he was already feeling the heat from his backup there, Rashad White, the rookie. Fournette not really producing. White was showing a little more juice in the games before this. And then when Fournette left in this one, White posts 105 yards from scrimmage, 22 touches. Not that surprising. We've been recommending White for a while now, talking about him in the waiver wire column, talking about him on this episode every single week. But before you run out, you spend all your fab to get White. Just know that the reports today are that Fournette isn't expected to miss any games. That's according to Adam Schefter. The Bucks do get a week off here after the international game. So when they come back from the bye, Lenny is supposed to be available. I'd imagine that this is going to be more of a committee, maybe even 50-50. And it's not out of the question that White could just outright pass him on the depth chart down the stretch. But Fournette isn't going to be completely out of the picture. So Keep that in mind when you're bidding on White this week if he's still out there in your league. We're going to talk about him a little more when we get to the waiver wire section in a second. Uh, Zach Ertz, he's going to miss some time with a knee injury. He was in pain. He had to be carted off. He was seen in a brace after the game. Didn't get an update yet on how severe that could be, but I would expect that Ertz is going to be out for a little bit. So his backup, the rookie Trey McBride, he'll get a shot. Only problem for McBride here is that they get the 49ers and the Chargers, who are two really bad matchups for tight ends back-to-back coming up, and then they get a bye week in week 13, so not really a great streaming option. Ertz being out, it could help Rondell Moore, to be honest, could help him continue to get a lot of targets, and Moore continues to be a good fantasy play. He's a wide receiver three flex option with a good amount of upside now, I would say. You have to like what we're seeing from him, especially after the catch. Another tight end here, Gerald Everett. He suffered a groin injury in Sunday night's game. We'll be watching for an update on that one. You have Donald Parham already on IR. So Trey McKitty would be the next man up. Just not a great fantasy plan. Man, just brutal all the injuries for the Chargers. It's like injury after injury. Maybe it's bad luck. Maybe it's time for a new training staff because, man, you got to do something to change things up here. You can't just have these guys leaving constantly throughout the season. You got to try and keep them on the field. Hopefully, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are going to come back soon. I saw Brandon Staley said something about Williams potentially practicing in week 11, so we'll be on the lookout for that. Khalil Herbert on the Bears, he injured his hip this week. He was forced to sit out the rest of Sunday's game, and he had more touches than David Montgomery before he left, so that's a little eyebrow-raising. Maybe we're starting to see more of that hot hand kind of approach there. We'll have to wait and see if he's going to be available this week. If not, Montgomery becomes a really strong RB2 play for fantasy. They're going up against the Falcons this week. And then one other one that I'll mention, P.J. Walker on the Panthers. He's been getting those starts recently for them at quarterback. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain, so the Panthers have announced they're going back to Baker Mayfield as the starter this week, and that is not good for anybody in fantasy, so we're going to be bumping down DJ Moore and the rest of the pass-catching options there just a little bit because, man, those two just had no chemistry together when they were playing earlier in the season, and then we'll be hoping that guys like Mark Andrews and Ezekiel Elliott 
Gus Edwards, Kyler Murray, David Njoku. It's a long list of guys who have been out, but who are at least going to have a shot to get back this week. So we'll be watching for their practice participation pretty closely. But that's it for the injuries here. If there's somebody that you're worried about who you think I missed, maybe you saw something I didn't in the games on Sunday, just drop me a message on Twitter at Justin Boone. We're moving on to the early look at the waiver wire pickups, though, for week 11. And you know the drill here. We're going to talk about the top names. If you're in a deeper league, if you're still curious about some of the intriguing stashes that might be coming up, go check out the waiver wire column on the score on Monday night. It is free. I go way deeper in that one. Ton of options in there, especially if you're dealing with bye week issues and there's four teams on bye this week, the Dolphins, the Bucks, the Jags, and the Seahawks. So lots of fantasy starters need to be replaced this week, but let's go through it position by position like we always do. We will start with quarterbacks. Not the best week for streamers here. Marcus Mariota, he's top of my list, 33% rostered. He's been a solid bi-week fill-in over the last stretch here. He's the QB 13 in fantasy points per game since week five. He gets the Bears, who they've been a lot easier on fantasy quarterbacks since they traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. So Mariota, he's a good option for week 11. And then in week 12, he gets the Commanders. Commanders are a top 10 matchup for fantasy passers, so might be able to use him both weeks if you need help at quarterback. And speaking of the Commanders, I wanted to mention Carson Wentz. You could look at him this week. Washington, they still haven't played yet in week 10, so we don't know what's going to happen against the Eagles tonight, but there's been some talk that Wentz could come off IR as soon as he's eligible, and that's next week. That's technically this week. I'm saying next week because they haven't played yet Monday night, but that is week 11 for him. I know Sam Forte of the Washington Post, he reported that the team is planning to give Wentz the starting job back as soon as he is healthy. And you could do worse than coming back against the Texans in week 11 if he's ready. And then the Falcons in week 12. And think back before the injury, Wentz had big fantasy days in three of his first five outings. So barring any injuries that could happen on Monday night, he should have a really solid receiving core again when he comes back here. Jahan Dotson, the rookie, he's expected to play on Monday night. He's returning from an injury. So McLaurin, Samuel, Dotson, Logan Thomas getting back to form, hopefully. Wentz could be a good pickup if he's ready to go. After that, there really isn't anybody who stands out. Pretty much all the remaining streamer types have bad matchups too. So you're just throwing darts if you have to dip any further down for a fantasy starter this week at quarterback. But like I said, things are much more interesting at running back. So let's talk about those. We have Rashad White, the obvious pickup, like we said earlier. He has been the obvious pickup for several weeks. I feel like I've written about him in the column a bunch of different times. Somehow still available in 56% of fantasy leagues though. The playing time, the touches, they've all been creeping up for a while here, and now he's given the team a glimpse of what he could actually offer in that lead back role. It's going to be hard to put that back in the box. The Bucks, they need more explosive plays. They need the rushing attack to give them something because Brady and the wideouts, they aren't doing it all on their own this year. And unfortunately, like I pointed out before, the Bucks are on bye this week, and then it looks like Fournette will be active in week 12. So White will be an RB3 flex who has massive upside if Lenny sits out. He would move into the RB2 range for fantasy if that were the case. And White also has the potential to just steal this backfield over the final two months. So he is a must-add everywhere if he's still available in your league. Same goes for Isaiah Pacheco, who we've also been talking about for a while. Pacheco has been featured in the waiver wire column. His picture has been in there multiple times this year. He's 24% rostered, but remember, the team announced him as the starter three games ago. Since then, he's just continued to eat into Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's snaps, played more than CEH in Week 9, 
and then just made him an afterthought this week. Pacheco had 16 carries for 82 yards. He did fumble once, so that's going to keep the fantasy line down, and it might give you a chance to get him off the waiver wire a little cheaper or to actually get him in a trade potentially because he looks like the clear lead back in KC now. CH, he played just four snaps this week. Pacheco played 35 snaps, and Jerick McKinnon's the one with the passing down roll, so it's a two-man backfield moving forward based on what we saw this week. CH is yesterday's news. He's droppable in fantasy in most formats. And I've talked about the good matchups that Pacheco has, especially in the fantasy playoffs. He gets the Texans and the Seahawks in weeks 15 and 16. So he's a priority add. He is a potential RB2 down the stretch. Jalen Warren, he got talked up by Mike Tomlin during the week last week. And then he came out. He delivered his best day as a pro. 12 touches, 77 yards from scrimmage. He's still sharing with Najee Harris, and Najee is still the lead back. But Tomlin did suggest last week that it was possible that Warren could get an even bigger role moving forward based on how he's played. And the Steelers, they're giving him that chance, right? He played 43% of the snaps this week. Though, I will say, Harris came through. He had 99 yards of his own. He played 60% of the snaps. So Warren isn't stealing this job, but he is moving into weekly fantasy flex territory. And if Najee got hurt at any point, Warren would be a quality RB2 start for fantasy. So he needs to be picked up everywhere. Gus Edwards, he is right up against that 50% rostered barrier. So I don't think I'm going to write about him in the column. He's 49% rostered, but he should be picked up too. Has a good shot to return this week from that hamstring issue that kept him out before the bye. And then there's still lots of high upside backups that you can get off the waiver wire too. Alexander Madison, he's out there in 60% of leagues. Samaje Piran's available in 95% of leagues. Even Jarek McKinnon, like we said, if CH is on the outs, McKinnon might be the most valuable backup for the Chiefs, and he has some weekly flex value thanks to the pass-catching work that he gets there too, so he's a name to consider in deeper leagues. At receiver, Kadarius Toney, 51% rostered, but we'll mention him anyway here. We knew it was going to take some time for him to get worked into the offense, but the injuries here to Miko Hardman and now to Juju Smith-Schuster, it's really accelerating that process for him. Tony played 44% of the snaps in his second game here. Four for 57 and one stat line in that one. Definitely more where that came from too. Still looks like a true playmaker out there. So shifty, so quick. He should be added anywhere. He's available. Same goes for Christian Watson on the Packers. And if you read the stash section of start, sit, stash, quit last week, Hopefully you went out and you picked up Watson after I wrote about him in there because, man, what a breakout performance on Sunday. Four catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns. Now, that kind of scoring efficiency, it's outrageous. Obviously, that's not going to continue, but he did see eight targets in the game, and the matchup was tough, and he still came through. So very promising for him. He needs to be added. I would just exercise a little bit of caution here that he is going to be a boomer bust type guy. He is not going to be a superstar producer. He is not going to be a clear number one option in an offense. He's not Garrett Wilson. He's not Chris Olave. It's not that type of rookie that we're talking about. He might be closer to, and I think other people have said this, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, right? That field stretcher, that big play guy like the Packers have had before, but that role for fantasy could be a wide receiver three flex value type guy. So Watson is a player that you got to target this week for sure. Even with Randall Cobb coming back, that came out on Monday that Cobb could get back this week and that'll steal a few targets away definitely there. But Watson has a chance to emerge in this offense the rest of the way with Romeo Dobbs out, with the Packers needing more playmakers. So it's definitely exciting to see him do that. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he was the main image in the waiver wire column last week. Talked about him on Wednesday's show as well. He delivered another big day coming off the bye. Five catches, 99 yards against the Dolphins. So that's six straight games over 50 yards. 
four consecutive contests over 70 yards. Plus, you have Deshaun Watson going to be back in week 13. So DPJ, he's somebody that could be a real difference maker the rest of the way, to be honest. Like really nice, underrated wide receiver three for fantasy. And he's still available in 65% of leagues. Nico Collins, he's another guy that I've talked about a good amount recently. 13% rostered, finally came back from that groin injury, picked up right where he left off, five catches, 49 yards, and a score. And we can go even further with it. His head coach, Lovey Smith, he praised him, and he said the Texans need to get Collins the ball more. So there is room for bigger opportunity down the stretch for Collins. Van Jefferson, he's only rostered in 7% of leagues. He's going to be the biggest beneficiary if Cooper Cup is out for a while. So he's worth an ad just to see how much he can actually step up. And in really, really deep leagues, you could also look at Ben Skoranek from the Rams too. But like I said earlier, I'm not really excited about investing in that Rams offense. But really, you don't have to worry about receiver. There's just so many flex-worthy wideouts on the waiver wire. MVS, Jahan Dotson, Wandell Robinson, Darius Slayton, Michael Gallup, Jarvis Landry, Terrace Marshall, Mac Hollins, Paris Campbell, Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, those are just some of the names who are going to be in the column this week. So there are lots of choices available there for you as guys that you could grab and throw in your lineup for a week or two, get some nice streamer plays from them. At tight end, Cole Komet, he's running really hot right now. He's over the 50% rostered mark though. So we're not going to focus on him. He would be the top ad if he were available in your league. Just not a lot of great options after him. That's why I'm mentioning him off the top here because Foster Moreau, he came through with a touchdown this week, but the usage was similar to the games that he had recently when Darren Waller was out. And he actually got less targets this week than he'd had in his previous three games. So the fact that Hunter Renfro was also absent didn't really change much for him. We hoped that maybe that would mean he was going to get increased volume he didn't, but he can get you 40 yards and a touchdown. You know, as long as he can stay healthy, he could be that high-end tight end two streamer. Juwan Johnson, he's really coming on for the Saints. Four touchdowns over his last four games. Back-to-back efforts with at least 40 yards and a score. Certainly a strong streamer play there. He's only rostered in 12% of leagues too, so somebody who's available in almost every format. Uh, Hayden Hurst on the Bengals, he's coming back from his bye. We're not sure whether Jamar Chase is going to be back this week or when Jamar Chase is going to be back. So until he returns, Hurst is a quality fantasy tight end. And then keep an eye on Mark Andrews because if he's out, I would go back to the well and Isaiah likely as a low end tight end one play. And then let's finish off like we always do. We'll go over a few streamer defenses here. By far the best pickup is the Jets defense. 20% rostered. They're going up against New England this week, but they also get the Lions, the Jags, and the Seahawks during the fantasy playoffs. And the Jets D, they've been playing so well, they might be matchup proof at this point. They got double digit fantasy points in six straight outings. They get the Patriots next. Patriots are a favorable matchup against fantasy defenses, and we saw the Jets do pretty well against them a few weeks ago. So give me the Jets this week and give me the Jets defense the rest of the way. Some others you could consider the rested Bengals defense. They're playing the Steelers. I mean, the Texans, they're going up against Washington. Commanders will be on a short week there. And even the Packers, they're going up against the Titans. Maybe Green Bay kickstarted their season a little bit with that win over the Cowboys. We'll have to see about that. Tennessee, not exactly a prolific offense other than Derrick Henry. And Green Bay's defense, they did all right against the Cowboys this week, despite the fact that they had a ton of injuries. So you could look to them here as well. But that is all for today's show. Make sure you go check out that full waiver wire column over on the score. That goes up Monday night. No Tuesday episode, unfortunately, this week. We will get back to the Tuesday episodes eventually, but the scheduling's made it tough the last two weeks here. 
That being said, the early edition of the rankings, they're going to go up Tuesday night as usual, so don't worry about that. And then we'll be back on Wednesday with a guest. But until then, big thanks for all the ratings and reviews on all the podcast platforms. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening, and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight, I said leave on time.